The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, you might be seeing more masks on public transport as COVID seeps back into our consciousness, or you might not. This week saw warnings of two new highly transmissible COVID variants spreading across the globe, and monkeypox cases have passed 9,000. 200 cases worldwide. While the World Health Organization are due to meet early next week to discuss how big a global threat this is, joining me now is Dr. Catherine Smallwood, who is the World Health Organization's Senior Emergency Officer in charge of coordinating their monkeypox response. Good morning, Catherine. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Um, Before we get on to monkeypox, can you just talk to us about BA4 and BA5? What are they and why have we gotten rid of calling them after Greek letters? Well, we haven't got rid of calling them after Greek letters. In fact, BA4 and BA5 are just the descendants um, and sublineages of Omicron. Okay. So um, they are part of the Omicron variant of concern. Um, what we uh, know about Omicron is that from the very beginning, there were multiple different sublineages competing for um, existence, basically. And uh, the ones that are winning out are the ones that are able to develop a growth advantage over other ones. So the first one that was circulating in the European region and in Ireland was BA1. That was uh, around the end of last year, and you'll remember the peaks at the beginning of this year. Then that was replaced by BA2. We had another wave of infections towards February, March. And now what we're seeing is BA4 and BA5 specifically really dominate transmission and, and responsible for the current wave that we're seeing across Europe and in and then Ireland. And when we compare, um, because, you know, we used to talk about the R number very early on in the pandemic and how many people would catch, you know, uh, how many people would catch the, the original variant. How transmissible are BA4 and BA5 now? Well, they're certainly showing this growth advantage over the previously circulating viruses. And that means the effective R number is increasing um, and their R0 values will be will be higher. Um, And the reason for that isn't necessarily because they have an inherent transmissibility advantage. It's most likely because they're able to um, a little bit more effectively evade our existing immunity um, against infection. And that's also why we're seeing, and this happened also with the the early Omicron sublineages with BA1, that we were seeing a lot of reinfections um, over the new year. And we're still seeing that again because the BA5 sublineage is able to reinfect people who were previously infected with BA1 and BA2 and other sublineages of Omicron. So that's how it's really transmitting more effectively. Do you think that the fact that it's spreading so much, like so many people that I know in the last two weeks have been texting saying it finally got me, people who have avoided it for two and a half years and who have kept, you know, who have kept being as vigilant as they were, perhaps maybe not like it's summer, so maybe being outdoors, they weren't wearing masks. Does this mean that the the transmissibility of it is it leading to more serious illness? Does it, or, or does does a does a variant become more transmissible because actually it doesn't lead to such serious illness, and so people are going around because they don't actually know they have it? Well, I wouldn't link those two things together, but certainly what we're seeing is a lot of people that um, haven't had COVID before getting COVID, and other people who have had it before getting it again. I really think that's partly because we've all relaxed a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think now is a good time, given that we're all traveling um, much more over the summer. Um, There's a lot of virus around, especially in touristic locations, I would say, across Europe. We should all be a little bit more aware and and just, you know, no one wants to be sick while they're on holiday either. So um, let's try and avoid catching it. And we know how to do that by now. Um, In terms of the severity of the disease, 
we're not seeing any change there. And the point I would make is that the vaccination uptake across Western Europe, at least, is very good. And that's what's really protecting us from getting severe COVID um, and ending up in hospitals. That's continuing to do the job. Um, We're not seeing significant um, waning or decreases in the protection against hospitalization, although there are small decreases, particularly in people who are older, which is why we're asking people to go and get another dose of vaccine if it's available to them. And certainly now is the time to really think about doing those things that protect ourselves from infection or protect ourselves from severe disease if we have those options available to us. How is Ireland faring when you compare it to wider Europe in terms of COVID numbers? Quite similarly. Um, so across Europe, I would describe the trend as um, as a growing trend. So we've seen case numbers triple in the past uh, six weeks or so. Um, so that's quite significant. And, and that's tripling from a number, you know, it wasn't gone before. So this is tripling for high, from high rates of infection to very high rates of infection. Um, we've seen that in Ireland as well. And we've also seen that accompanied with, because of the pure numbers game, more people um, ending up in hospital, um, even though that number is much, much lower than it would have been without um, good vaccination coverage, which Ireland has and most of Western Europe has. So the, num- the, the, the situation is very similar in Ireland as it is to the rest of Western Europe. But as we move to different countries, they're all seeing these surges happen at slightly different times. Um, and the impact of these surges really, really depends on um, how the health systems are prepared and 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 how how well they're coping in managing with a, an increasing caseload, how well they're coping in managing all of the other health health problems that have been you know pent up during the pandemic, and um, and how 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 well their populations are, are protected by vaccination. Okay, and moving away from COVID, if only it were that easy, how worried should we be about about monkeypox now? Well, it's something that as a public health concern, we're, we're very worried about because um, this is a virus that uh, a very different virus to COVID. Um, but in public health terms, it's um, changed very much in its behavior over the past couple of months. So it's moved from circulating really <clears throat> in a very particular part of the world to expanding very, very rapidly um, across many, many countries. And, and most of the countries in Europe have now reported cases of monkeypox. So from a public health perspective, that's worrying. It's a, it's a new disease in our countries. Um, it's affecting a very specific group of people at the moment, not exclusively, but it's mainly, as we know, transmitting among men who have sex with men. And it's particularly transmitting um, among men who have a lot of different sexual encounters, potentially with people that they don't know, which makes the response very difficult. So uh, it's not necessarily, as COVID, something that every single one of us should be worried about catching. Um, That's certainly not the case at the moment with monkeypox. However, for a smaller group of people, they may be a bit more risk. Um, And so our message really at the moment is is know your risk, um, understand what risks might be present in your life, and know how you can reduce them. Uh, And then if you are at risk or if you consider yourself at increased risk of catching monkeypox, um, really make sure what your options are, what your vaccination options are. Some countries are recommending vaccination for people who are especially high risk, but also for people who are in contact with a monkeypox case, you may be eligible for vaccination. And if you are, you should get that quickly. So these are all of the things that people should be very aware of, very aware of picking up early signs and symptoms um, on their own bodies, in their own health. Can you tell us Um, what the early signs and symptoms are? 
So that will vary based on the way that the person has been exposed. But what we really do see is an initial um, fever. And uh, that will then be accompanied by several other symptoms. So distinctive for monkeypox is swollen lymph nodes, swollen glands that can be very painful. And then the appearance of this very distinctive rash, hence its name, pox, um, which appears, it can appear in any part of the body, but if it's transmitted during sexual um, activity, which we're, we're seeing a lot of at the moment, it may be around the genitalia, but it may be um, somewhere else as well. So um, that will start as a, a raised red rash and will develop into what we kind of describe as blister-like lesions. Um, so you may have one of those or many of those, and those will develop over the course of a week or so into really quite painful um, uh, lesions that can be very uncomfortable and then can lead to secondary infections and to some complications that might um, mean that people, some people have to be hospitalised. So as early so as possible to look out for. with any of those symptoms, um, seek right. medical advice. Um, I have a text in here from a listener whose initial is J. Could you please ask, after a COVID positive test, how soon could you get a vaccine? Ah, well, that's a very good question. So if, you, if, you, if you're COVID positive, um, our main recommendation is you should isolate and stay at home for the time being. And then once you're recovered, you should phone up your he local health um, authority and ask them when an appropriate time um, to come in and get a, an additional vaccine or a, your first vaccine if you haven't been vaccinated for COVID. Once you've recovered, um, that would be a very good moment to do so. Okay, thank you so very much. My thanks to Dr. Catherine Smallwood there, the World Health Organization's Senior Emergency Officer, talking about um, all things COVID and all things monkeypox. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.